Welcome to San Diego Sessions. We're here today with pianist and educator Jarrell Paggio. Listening to San Diego Sessions, San Diego's jazz podcast, featuring local artists, new releases, and more. Here are your hosts, Ian Tordella and Ed Kornhauser. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to San Diego Sessions. This is episode 28. I'm your host, saxophonist Ian Tordella. And I'm your other host, pianist Ed Kornhauser. And we're actually on location today at Ed's house, Victory Mansion. So if it sounds a little different, that's the sweet sound of the reverb of Ed's living room. Yes, which is also my entire apartment, since this is a studio. (laughs) This is a granny flat. Um, this is dirt, let's just call it Dirty Boulevard West. <laughs> and we're here today in studio with Jarrell Paggio. Good morning. Hey guys, thanks for coming in. Uh, before we get started, we're going to have our usual segment: this versus that. So these are two musicians, and Ed is going to have to pick one and only one. And Jarrell, feel free to jump in. Cool. Okay. First up, trumpet player Don Cherry versus reed player and arranger and great uncle of Joshua Redman, Don Redman. Oh, wow. Now you go, you're going deep now. Yeah, uh, I'm just running out of people. Oh, boy. But uh, I love Don Redman. He had a, a great disc from the 50s uh, where he did all his own arrangements. But uh, mostly he's known as an arranger for Fletcher Henderson. Wow. Wait, so Don Redman. Wait, who? Okay, got it. Oh, wow. Okay. Huh. And then his. So, wait, wait. His great uncle. So, would his brother be Dewey Redman? Am I getting the relations messed up? No, do, I think Dewey Redman is Don Redman's nephew. Oh, and jo- okay. Yeah. I Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, some the f- deep familiar relations like that mess with my head sometimes. Got it. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to say with some. I, 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 I really dug. Fletcher Anderson, and, and, and uh, he was super groundbreaking, but I'm going to go with Don Cherry anyway. I found his music with Ornette to be way more influential with me. All right. Okay, cool. Uh, next up, more trumpet. Booker Little, trumpet player Booker Little versus tenor saxophonist known for his work with Mingus around the early 60s, Booker Irvin. I'm going to go, I'm hardcore Booker Irvin. Sweet. All yeah, right. no doubt. Sorry. I'm, I love Booker Little too. I like him too. I've got a I've got one record of his that I actually found at a thrift store. I always used to go looking through the CDs and then I got tired of having CDs, but I'd always find random jazz CDs and I've got a cool Booker Little one. Is it the one with uh, George Coleman? 
I can't remember. They do a tune dedicated to Melba Liston on it, I think. I remember that. It's a cool record. Okay, last one. This is I'll save the best for last. Okay. Trumpet player Shorty Rogers versus heavily influential, iconic composer, pianist, musician, and television icon Fred Rogers. Oh, oh, that's no contest. <laughs> Mr. Rogers all the way. Of course. Oh my God, he was amazing. He he really was amazing. All, everything you hear about him, like all these stories about him being nice, he was just, he was that nice. He was that sweet. And he was also like incredibly talented. Like he wrote the music for that show. He's not the one playing it. He has a composition, um, he has a degree in composition from, I think, Oberlin. Wow. He, he went to college for music composition. He went, went to college and he got a degree in music. I know. <laughs> I know uh, it's a and, double whammy, and was just like the the sweetest, nicest human. Like uh, everything you read about him, just was incredibly nice. I watched that that uh, that uh, that that clip it floats around on the internet sometimes about him going to Congress and and uh, testifying on behalf of uh, public television, and it's 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 really really cool. And he just is just like the sweetest, nicest. Just a, restores your faith in humanity. That guy. Definitely Fred Rogers. Sorry, I'm a huge fan. All right, that was this versus that. Uh, but again, we're here with Jarrell Paggio. Good morning. Good morning. And I think we're going to hear your composition called Terminal 2. But this, was, this is another composition from that STSU Jazz Text disc, if you guys tuned into that episode. Um, but before we cue it up, tell us who's playing with you on this track. So uh, on bass, we have uh, Mac Layton. And uh, drums, uh, Matt Smith, and on the tenor sax is Chaz Cabrera. Nice. Minus uh, minus Matt. That's a, that's an SDSU squad right there. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, Matt went to Fullerton, but yeah. And this is your tune, Terminal Two. Uh, as Ian was saying earlier, not to be confused with the Benny Golson tune of the same name. I think, right? Yes. Yeah, but this is your own. This is your own Terminal Two. Yes. Yes. It's okay. You had no idea. That you didn't know that somebody else wrote the same song. Wait. Did, oh man. <laughs> I'm kidding. Wait, I'm kidding. I'm does kidding. he spell it? Does he spell out the two? Oh, maybe that. That. See, that's. There's a distinction, and I know. Yeah, that's that's totally different <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, now that's a. Di- yeah, that bit. Yeah, totally. That works.
All right, we're back with Jarrell Pagio, and that was his tune, Terminal 2. And uh, we, were, we were on our phones while we were listening to that, and the Benny Golson tune, to own up to our mistake here, is actually Terminal 1. So Yeah, it's a sequel, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. You're clear. You're continuing yes. the, gra- the greatness. Yeah. So uh, what did you... Uh, well, we, we discussed in a previous episode about the, the SDSU Jazz Techs album, um, but uh, just to refresh, where was that recorded at? Uh, that was at Studio West. That's a that's an amazing studio, just a little bit north of San Diego. Huge. We recorded in Studio One or A or whatever it's called, but the main one, the big, big one. Yeah, the big room. I, I, I recorded on other tracks on that same record, and so did a lot of people. The personal list is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you record on other tracks on that album as well, or just the just the quartet track? Uh, just that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So just one team. Because you're an alumni of, like everyone in this room, 100% of the people in this apartment right now are graduates <laughs> of San Diego State University. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was just honored to be on that record. I was like, oh, you guys picked me? Yeah. Oh, all right, cool. Yeah, I was, stoked, I was stoked to be brought in too. It was a fun fun project. Yeah, it's such, yeah, such a privilege. Super fun. Um what were some of the influences that went into that tune? I, I was hearing like a lot of different different stuff. I like the vibe on it a lot. Yeah, um, you know, I guess my yeah, when it comes to my writing, uh, and I haven't done a whole lot. Like to be honest, uh, it's it's kind of come out. And most of the other things I've done is is involving other people. So I'm playing other people's music. You know, friends. Same here. Yeah. yeah. So, but when I do write, you know, I had an opportunity here, and and this was at my time at state. So. Um, it it probably has to do with the deadlines, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the big push there. But um, uh, as far as influences go, I, I guess it has some a little bit rooted in maybe some hip hop stuff. Oh. It's kind of I guess maybe when I'm mostly with the backbeat, but even then, not so much. It's like uh, maybe you can say some Brad Meldow or what else? Um, you know, I'm not sure what I was thinking. Honestly, I definitely I, hear some of the Brad Meldow and some of the sort of uh, the diatonic sort of lines are very pretty. I also hear like a lot of 70s, like Keith Jarrett, quartet kind of vibes to this one, especially that you've got that bar of 6 uh, 4 that comes up the boom, boom, ba da no, no, ba da ba do. That's yeah, kind of yes, cool. Yes. It's like very cyclical. It's just you're going along and then you get caught in this loop that goes around for a while and, and then it goes back into the into the other groove. I really like that. Every time I, every time that comes up, it's just, it's fun to play over. Or it's fun to hear and I imagine it'd be fun to play over too. Thanks, man. Yeah. It, it does feel like that. I kind of do envision this circle. Yeah. Just, I mean, I guess with that, you know, this odd time signature, actually technically it's even time signature. Unless you're thinking in three, so then it's odd. It's right. But anyway, <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, influence wise, um, I mean, well, I can, I guess maybe the people I've, I've listened to I don't know how that all plays in. It just kind of floats around in my head, I guess. It just kind of mixes all together. Yeah. Uh, Chikoria, Herbie Hancock, um, Mogru Miller. Yeah, um, it was amazing, yeah. Who else? Yeah. Uh, Tigran, Hamasian. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, um, I, I guess I, I, haven't really, like, I, don't, I haven't really formulated how I come across like this one thing. Actually, everything in its right place, mm-hmm. Radiohead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess maybe I'm kind of fooling around with that idea there, the progression. Oh, I can uh, see that, yeah. So, because that, that half step. Totally. Um, well, and also some of the grooves in there, 
I love those grooves where you can't you can't quite tell where the beginning of the measure is. And same with that when you go into that six four part, it's like the the downbeat could be anywhere. It just it just kind of spins around. Yes. Yeah. 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 But it still has a heavy rhythm to it. Does so, that one? Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe what I'm channeling too. Now that I think of it, is uh, Robert Glasper did a cover that. Yeah. And right. um, uh, maybe channeling some of his vibes too. But um, I guess the pop stuff plays into that too somehow. You know, it, it's like a, the the whole tune. I mean, there's some chord extensions I'm playing there, but uh, I wrote out the chart and um, Matt Matt Smith. He was commenting on it. He was like, oh, "It's all triads." Huh. Oh, and he I, loves that. I was just like, uh, I didn't I didn't notice at the time. It's like, oh. I, yeah, I don't have anything else in there. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I am playing some other stuff, and you know, we're all like doing extensions everywhere. But um, fundamentally, it was just like just that, that. That's the chord, and so I was like, "Oh, yeah." He likes that. I've read. I've read a lot of charts by by Matthew Smith. I play with a couple groups with him, and yeah, there's a lot of times there's not a lot of extensions yeah. on the chords, and you kind of got to piece them in yourself and figuring them out. It's a choose your own adventure kind of chart. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, when did you first start playing piano? Uh, that was about maybe eight or nine years old. Started with classical or did you? Yeah. Um, some of the classical stuff, I I went through the Bastion, uh, piano method. Ah, Um, classic. Yes. All those fun illustrations. Um, (laughs) yeah, I started piano. Well, what my mom wanted to learn and we got a, so we got a piano for the house and, um, and then, you know, just life gets in the way. So she didn't really have time. And my sister and I would just go on the piano and you know bang on the piano and mash all the keys and then um eventually my, my parents were saying hey uh do you guys want to take piano lessons maybe they were just tired of hearing it <laughs> but uh <laughs> <laughs> um and when did you start getting into jazz uh jazz uh high school nice. um at the time i had learned this tune it was a chicago tune uh saturday in the park it was oh, a, yeah. it's an arranged piece of music or, or, or arrangement that I that I was reading, but it's got some. It, that's nothing but two fives because it's like six yeah, to the to the five of five to like the five sus to like the one, right? Yes. Yeah. Sorry for the shop talk, anybody, <laughs> but that's the. I don't know what any of that means. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like those kind of those kind of progressions and those kind of harmonies do do show up in jazz too. Yeah, six six two five one. It's it's a great tune, and I I was uh, so piano lessons at the time I was I asked my my teacher and we were working on that one and um uh, I I just was playing it in in the band room at at, uh at the school and then the the band director walks in and he was like hey you want to be in the jazz band yeah (laughs) and I was like uh I don't know anything about jazz even though I was playing it I was like I didn't know what I was doing I was just reading the arrangement and um so I just jumped jumped in at that point but uh yeah it was a big growth period Accidental jazz pianist, <laughs> Jarrell Packett. So, as we said at the top of the show, you're uh, you're really heavy in education. You you uh, teach at a at a place over in uh, Liberty Station, I believe. Yes. Uh-huh. What's, what's that called? Uh, so the studio is a recreational music center. Uh, it's been around almost ten years now. But oh, wow. I think next year will be the ten year. Uh, I've been there for seven years. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. it's a long, yeah, a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Uh, I I fell into teaching, I guess, maybe in a similar way. While well, I started in college, uh, teaching a lesson through a pedagogy course, mm. uh, we had the 
they, they gave us some students that they, they knew we were like, okay, student teaching. So um, kind of a trial for them, you know, these, these students learning. Um, but then I just kept, kept going with it. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's been awesome. I, I didn't think I loved teaching. Uh, until I kept doing it, and yeah. and more and more, it's just it's super fun being with the kids and you know joking around. I, I guess my teaching style tends to be a little more like uh, uh, fun and frivolous, just you know spontaneous, making weird voices to the kids. Oh, nice! Keep the kids. <laughs> is, is, uh, so, is it all kids or is there, are there are there adult students? Oh, uh, there well? are some adults. Yes. Oh, wow! Um, more recently, um, yeah, have have one. Ad- uh, yeah, not a whole lot. A couple adult students. Um, and then one who's uh, 18, who just graduated from my high school, oh. alma mater, uh, San Diego School of Creative and Performing Arts. Oh, yes. So, so you went to the, uh, <laughs> I went to Coronado School of the Arts. So if, oh, if, yes. if art schools had rivalries, <laughs> yeah. we would have been uh, <laughs> East side, it. West side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, island versus inland. Yeah, it doesn't really, fortunately, that doesn't really happen. <laughs> maybe, maybe because we don't have a sports team. Oh yeah, I think we have water. Well, the vicious art school rivalry. Right, exactly. (laughs) Dance battle. Sculptors. The sculptors versus the dancers. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Uh, So, do you start out the younger kids with improvisation and jazz right away, or do you kind of work them into it? Or you know, I I do try to steer them there. Um, So, one of the method book methods um, that we use is that this is the Faber method, and it starts everybody off in the black keys. Um, so I just use oh. E flat blues and I say, all right, these are your notes, just the black keys. You know, yeah. they'll put two fingers on the two black keys and three fingers on the three black keys and I'll give them, okay, here's a steady beat and match it. And so just kind of introductory to that. So it's, 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 yeah. it's, it's funny. Just yesterday I was talking to, uh, my cousin's husband, uh, Ben, who I think played like, I think he played bass in a band in high school, but he's not, a, he's not a musical guy. He doesn't play music. Um, but we were just sitting around uh, a piano, and then I just showed him like, "Here, let me show you something." And I just gave him, I taught him like the C blues scale. Yeah. And I'm like, "Okay, just play those notes. Do something with those notes." And I, while I like on the lower half of the piano, played like a thing, and after you know, just like, and I would occasionally like, "Hey, do this, do this," and just show him a little bit, but just give him like a limited thing, and just like mess around with that. By the end, he was like, "Oh, he's starting to kind of, kind of get it." That's a great way to do it. Like, give them a scale, and then just kind of. This is all you need. Just this. Don't have to worry about all the notes. Yeah, just yeah. these notes. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like a limited set. It's super. It's super. It's super cool. Yeah. It yeah. it, it kind of takes away the fear, a little bit of like just just play something. It's fine. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the kids take to it really well, and some of them are a little hesitant. And so I'll I'll kind of demonstrate a little bit. You know, I play one key. Like, oh, okay, oh, I guess I can do it. You know. Right. 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 Well, I think it's great to be teaching lessons and. I think these days every every jazz musician is involved in education in some way or another. Except but, um, for me. I'm except the, for Ed. Except I'm the only one. <laughs> He's got the luxury of uh, being the top call country music pianist in San Diego. Yeah. And then he gets the jazz gigs too. <laughs> but uh, I, I am a, uh, I am not a skilled teacher, and I've decided to stop trying to be one. Uh, <laughs> I've uh, I apologize to any students I've had in the past. I'm not very good at teaching, so I decided to just not do it. But that it is funny. Some people are are great at it and some not. But when I when I was at SDSU, I was actually I was studying with Charles McPherson, and a lot of the guys like him who are great players who've had these big careers. They you go in and the lesson 
sometimes you get these lessons that are just kind of like, do what I do, just learn from my greatness. But um, with Charles, it was totally the opposite. And I was really surprised at first that he, he really takes teaching as seriously or even more seriously than his, his playing career. Um, and I think for everybody, it, it's going in that direction. Like yeah. being a good teacher or getting a good teaching job is like a, getting a, a record contract. Like the, a university gig is, is the new recording contract <laughs> of the 21st century. Yeah, no, yeah it's huge. My, I mean, yeah, that's kind of maybe, I guess, the eventual goal too. It's like you land that kind of gig. Yeah. My, my my teacher Rick Helzer at San Diego State, who I think yes, I I, I, I don't were you there? At, no, I think you might have missed him. I, I no, I missed him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Richard Thompson, right? Was, another yeah. great guy. But Rick was just uh, well. Richard Thompson is an amazing pianist too and a composer, and um, definitely and was there when I was there. Was my combo instructor. But Rick was just a born educator. I mean, in addition to being a great player, but boy, he was good at just figuring out how to distill these like weird and. And uh, abstract concepts in jazz—it's a skill. I and it's a skill that I don't have, and I've decided to stop fighting. That <laughs> I do have, but I owe Rick so much. Yeah, you know, I heard awesome things about Rick. Actually, you know, even though I didn't get to take classes with him, there was one time we were doing a clinic. Uh, the high school jazz band uh, I was in—we were at one of those heritage festivals. Um, oh no, no, no! This was here at San Diego, uh, San, San Diego City College, and, and Rick was there. Oh. And uh, uh, what tune were we playing now? A Child is Born. And, you know, I had the intro part and I was just getting my, you know, bearings in jazz. And uh, he came over and was like, okay, you know, you got to do a little bit more here. So was, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he, he pushed me to, to go beyond like what I was just playing. At, at that point, I was just, you know, kind of blocking chords and not really, you know, exploring other potential with the harmony and so he pl- he sat down demonstrated and played a little bit and i was like man i i can't do that but he was like yeah you know try it and i was like okay and it was a it was a awesome moment because I, I at that point i was like oh i, I can do this you know it was it was a revelatory thing and so i just kind of took that idea and ran with it yeah he definitely inspired a lot of confidence in a lot of people myself included yeah, yeah, very much so. Well, and it's great when somebody shows you something that seems hard, but it's just what you need at that particular time. That's yes. kind of a magical thing when somebody has the the talent to be able to to figure out what the the student needs, like right at that juncture. Instead of with me, I'll go into some advanced concept and go off on a tangent, and then pretty soon nobody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> so we're going to get into another one of your compositions, uh, and this is a live recording from while well, your graduate recital. At San Diego State. Um, This tune is called As It Is Now. Yes. And uh, what what went into this tune? It's a solo tune. Yeah, you know, um, it was one day in the practice rooms I was just playing. And I don't don't know what I was channeling at that point. I think before that, because it was in the same key, I was playing uh, Konalma. And um, somehow I was playing through the tune and... It kind of morphed into this one, just uh, over an improvisation, and I was just playing over the changes and then decided to go elsewhere with it. Um, and, and then just kind of fine-tuned it, uh, refined the melody a little bit more, just so I could define that. And then uh, uh, ended up becoming a ballad. I think I had in my mind I wanted to write something, you know, ballad-like, so 
and the waltz is always nice, you know. Oh yeah, I like a slower waltz kind of a kind of a thing. Yeah, I've written some. It's just a nice waltz has had this nice like lilt to them, and it's it's movement. And even when they're slow, they, they have a nice feel to them.
You're listening to San Diego Sessions. Subscribe on iTunes or listen online at DirtyBoulevardRecording.com. Here's your jazz forecast for February 26th through March 5th. Monday, February 26th, guitarist Louis Valenzuela hosts his regular Monday night jam at Rosie O'Grady's in Normal Heights, 9 p.m. to midnight. No cover, but it is 21 and up. On Tuesday, February 27th, check out the Havana Jam and Afro-Cuban Jam session at Prohibition Downtown from 8 p.m. to midnight. On Wednesday, February 28th, Gilbert Castellanos hosts his regular Wednesday night jam session at Panama 66. Listen to the best jazz San Diego has to offer right in the middle of Balboa Park. Music from 8.30 to 11.30 p.m. Come down early to hear the Young Lions play from 6 to 8, featuring up-and-coming musicians from around San Diego. Also, your host, Ed Kornhauser, will be playing with his organ trio at 7 Grand from 10.30 to 1.30 a.m., with Louis Valenzuela on guitar and Charlie Weller on drums, 21 and up. Thursday, March 1st, trumpeter Gary Rich hosts a jam session at Boray Southern Bistro from 7 to 9.30 p.m. with Antar Martin on bass, Jason Chatiel on piano, and Russell Bazette on the drums. Don't forget about the late night jam over at the Ken Club hosted by Robert Dove and Ian Buss on saxophones. Music goes from 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. $5 cover or musicians get in for free. 21 and up. On Friday, March 2nd, pianist Mikan Zlakovich brings his trio to the Handlery Hotel in Hotel Circle from 5.30 to 7.30 with bassist Will Lyle and Duncan Moore on drums. No cover and your parking is validated. The Friday Happy Hour is a regular series put on by Holly Hoffman, so stay tuned for more great jazz. Brazilian vocalist Claudia Vilea joins pianist Kenny Werner at the Athenaeum Music and Arts Library at 7.30 p.m. Check out ljathenaeum.org. Tenor saxophonists Gerard Nolan and Les Arbuckle play at Dizzy's with a stellar rhythm section, including John Opferkush on piano, Rob Thorson on bass, and David Whitman on drums. $15 cover. Also on Friday, Gilbert Castellanos is at the Westgate Hotel from 8 to 11 p.m. Right across the street, the Antar Martin Quartet is at the U.S. Grant from 8 p.m. to midnight. On Saturday, March 3rd, vocalist and guitarist Steph Johnson and Rob Thorson on bass are playing at the Forgotten Barrel in Escondido at 2 p.m. Later on that evening, Steph will perform with the Voices of Our City Choir for the Bodhi Tree Concerts at St. James-by-the-Sea Episcopal Church at 7 p.m. Tickets at BodhiTreeConcerts.org. Also Saturday, vocalist Allison Adams-Tucker plays downtown at the Westgate Hotel with pianist Anthony Smith and bassist Mackenzie Layton from 8 to 11 p.m. Sunday, March 4th. The Whitney Shea Quartet plays on the patio at the Bernardo Winery, playing high-energy jazz and blues from 2 to 5 p.m. No cover, all ages, and dancers welcome. Vocalist Leonard Patton and our very own Ed Kornhauser play their monthly first Sunday engagement at the Turf Supper Club in Golden Hill from 8 to 11 p.m. No cover, 21 and up. Also Sunday, a very special event, the 10th Annual Brazil Jazz Festa, a celebration of Brazilian jazz and culture will be at Dizzy's, featuring acclaimed Brazilian guitarist Chico Pinheiro, Fresno mandolinist Eva Scal, 
and the Danny Green Trio with Justin Grinnell, Julian Cantelm, and Danny Green, plus your host, Allison Adams-Tucker. That's at Dizzy's, starting at 8 p.m. And on Monday, March 5th, another special event, Brazilian guitarist Chico Pinheiro is hosting a masterclass in Bankers Hill. Chico is considered one of the foremost modern jazz guitarists in Brazil and has toured worldwide. Pianist and friend of the podcast, Danny Green, is hosting. For more information, get on Facebook and look up Chico Pinheiro Masterclass Brazilian Jazz, or you can contact Danny Green. That's your jazz forecast for February 26th through March 5th. Please follow us on Instagram at San Diego Sessions, and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. You're listening to San Diego Sessions, San Diego's jazz podcast. Welcome back to San Diego Sessions from Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. This week we're recording on location at Victory Mansions. And once again, our guest is pianist Jarrell Paggio. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at San Diego Sessions Podcast. Or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can contact us at sdsessionspodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you're a fan of the show, we would absolutely adore it if you left us a five-star review on iTunes. Yes. And And tell your mom and all your friends to subscribe. Yes. (laughs) Tell your mom. Tell your mom's friends. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell everybody. And now that we got all our plugs out of the way, we're going to have the... San Diego 7 with Ed Kornhauser and yeah. Jarrell. Yes. Uh, quick thing before the San Diego 7, quick trivia. Does any either of you know where we're at my house, which I've dubbed Victory Mansions for all social media purposes. Either of you know where that's from? Either, do either of you get the... You've told me before, but I, I forget. It's a, it's a very dark reference. It's to 1984. It's the, it's the apartment that the main character lives in. It's like the apartment building. So shows you what my outlook on the world is. Oh, no. <laughs> Everyone drinks Victory Gin and has Victory cigarettes, and he lives in Victory Mansion. So thought it was appropriate. <laughs> anyway, this is the San Diego Seven. These are seven questions that we'd like you to answer from the top of your head and the bottom of your heart. Yes. Uh, number one. He's the, cracking his knuckles. He's getting ready. Yeah. Get ready. <laughs> Uh, what's the what's the first thing you thought of when you woke up this morning? Oh man, maybe the stuff I have to do. I think that's it. Yeah. Oh okay. man, I wake up like that too. Like, ah, I got to get this. I got to. <laughs> I got to clean the apartment. I got to make coffee. I got to get the bed up. Yeah. Either that or, well, maybe maybe then I needed coffee. Or maybe I was wondering that I was like getting sick or something, because I was feeling something and I was like, no. Nope. Apple cider vinegar? Yep. Down the hatch. Yep, yep. That, that'll, do, that'll do wonders. Uh, number two. Do you have a favorite movie, and if so, what is it? Uh, wow. Terminal. The Terminal. Uh, yes. Right. Yeah. Steven Spielberg. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, yes. Here comes a giant airplane. Yes. Exactly. How appropriate. We're right under the flight path here. Right. Uh, favorite movie? Oh my goodness! Um, it's tough to choose. There are a lot. I, this is so crazy. 
maybe I can just say one that I do enjoy, mm. but um, it's going to be Green Mile or Finding Nemo. But that was that's too far. Those are very that's, different movies. Um, <laughs> Green Mile, maybe just because of the yeah. I don't know. It does so many things. Either or Shawshank Redemption. Both Stephen King novels. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, but um, great stories. Yeah, he. I mean, he. he know, he's still known as a horror writer, but boy, he's he tells amazing stories and and really fleshed out his characters. He just all his characters have the worst childhoods. Oh my goodness! And it's always so depressing because he had the most terrible childhood himself. So. It always comes back to the backstory. Yeah. Oh boy. But I, I, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. Not really of his horror, but of, of other stuff. Um, number three, uh, uh, what's it like being married to a fellow pianist? Oh man, you know, we, you know, funny enough too, we've been asked like, oh, I mean, do you guys play duets together? And we never, <laughs> we never have actually, we, we probably should do that. Um, but it's, you know, it's funny cause I, I, I had three criteria for, um, uh, for who I, who I wanted to be with. And it was like one, they, uh, you know, had to be a little shorter than me. <laughs> She's only maybe two inches shorter than me. And, um, you know, if they were going to, oh, if they were going to be a musician, <laughs> I'll just jump to the other one, uh, that they couldn't play piano. Oh. Like that was the other one. And um, it's it's great. She She's an uh, awesome sight reader and more, I guess, how do you say, more along the, the classical end of things. And I'm kind of on the op- opposite improvisational so we kind of balance each other out. Yeah, um, that works. Yeah, trade off gigs. Maybe I get one. I can't, you know, can't take it. Huh. Like, oh, but my wife can. Yeah, I've got, I've got someone <laughs> right here. That's tr- that's terrific. Um, in a in a rather unusual. Normally we have these conflicts of interest where one or both of us will have played in projects with the guest before. Um, in this case, I have a weirder conflict of interest, which is I I played your wedding. And, yeah. Yes. And, and danced a lot. That was the last time I've ever. I've, I haven't danced since then. That was fun though. So you're standing awesome. up at your keyboard and dancing. You know, no, like no, Eighties no. hairband style. As, as af- afterwards to the DJ. Oh, and afterwards. There yeah. might have been quite a bit of liquid so courage both. involved in that. I looked like an idiot. Uh, you can see video of that on our Instagram at San Diego <laughs> Sessions Podcast. No, you cannot. <laughs> I hope there's no video of that. Uh, number four. Is there a band or artist that's quite far off from jazz that you consider one of your favorite musicians? Ooh. Meatloaf. Oh, man. Bad out of hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bonnie Tyler. Oh, my goodness. Uh, why can't I think of anything here? It, I, I'm kind of listening. When I, I guess when I listen to stuff, it's all across the board. Mm. Um, I almost said hip-hop, but that's actually pretty close to jazz. So, okay. But uh, most deaf. Most deaf, but uh, there's too many. It all swirls around my head. Ed. I just, I can't. Yeah, no, that's okay. We're we're we're, we're the product uh, of of you know, our influences are the product of everything we hear. It's, yeah. I guess I can't pinpoint one there. Um, so artist, the far out from jazz, actually from San Diego, um, Delta Spirit. Huh. They're kind of a. I don't know how you would say. I guess you can define it any way you want, but it's. Uh, it was maybe when that kind of Americana, kind of like uh, I guess you could say, little rocky, a um, little folky, a little bluegrassy, little all of, all the things that make American music. <laughs> all those uh, all those things. Yeah, but they're they're great. I think it was maybe like 2011 when I was like really into them, and uh, 
I was also at a rock band at the time. Ah. So it kind of coincided. I was just, you know, all about rocking out, I guess. But、uh, great vibes, great energy, awesome songwriting, good grooves. Nice. Yeah. What, what was the band it used to play with? I remember that now. Oh, yeah.、Uh, it, uh, it was called Family Wagon at the time, and then it changed to The Young Wild. So,、oh, yeah. Um, and then, I saw you guys before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It was, yeah, it was fun times rocking out. Uh, number five, what's a useless talent that you have? <laughs>、uh, they're all pretty useful, Ed. I'm just, no, no, <laughs> no. Um, but um, this thing I can do with my finger. But I guess that's maybe a pianist thing, too. Wait, wait, wait. You, this is, is going to be no help for the podcast people at home, but oh, wow. You can just do that. Yeah, you can do that. A little, yeah. Without moving the other fingers. Oh, yeah. It's probably an instrumentalist thing too, because we just use our fingers all the time. So yeah, we, we use that. So maybe that's, that's not unique to me. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a super, it's, a super, it's a super dexterous thing. We're all just very,、um. very digital. <laughs> it's a digital age. Oh,、um, man. Nah, number six.、Uh, this versus that. Crisp or Miller's? Wait, what was the first one? Crisp. I don't, Formerly JC's. Formerly JC's Market. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, yeah, sorry. Oh, yes.、Uh, Miller's Market. Wait, where is, where's Miller's? I don't think I've ever been. Oh, okay. It's a little, it- it's over on C Street. It's about equal distance from probably where you are.、Oh. Eh, maybe it's a hair farther. We're talking.、Uh, Jorel、oh. is also a local. A, a, a local.、Uh, <laughs> we all live in the same neighborhood. He lives about two blocks from where we are now. Yes, we yes. We get to the hard questions okay. here.、Sorry. I almost thought you were talking about beer for a second because I was like, no. no. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah.、Uh, Crisp is awesome. Yeah. Actually, they, yeah. Speaking of, of beer, their beer selection is pretty rad. It's so, so funny with all, the, with all the, the, the dazzling young urbanites in our neighborhood. There are, aka hipsters,、uh, they're, <laughs> they're, all the stores have, this massive quantities, have these massive quantities of craft beer, walls, shelves. Yes. Upon shelves, upon shelves. It's, it's, it's nuts.、Um, number seven, our old standby, bacon. Absolutely. Bacon. Absolutely. Right on. Right on. <laughs> well, that was the San Diego Savant. Thank you. Thank you for putting up with my inane banter. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. thank you for putting it with mine. <laughs>、um, so before we get into one more track,、uh, you've been. Getting into piano tuning and tech work as well as just as well as performing and teaching. Yeah. So, the piano, the world of piano tech, that was something、uh, several years ago I got kind of interested in.、Um, and I reached out to Bob Weller, former guest on the podcast, too. Yes. Was,、yeah. um, and I reached out to him,、uh, and it was awesome. He helped me out a ton and、uh, got me set up with a great set of tools,、uh, taught me the basics of tuning.、Um, and then after that, you know, Uh, just got a little busier with teaching、um, and, and gigs and being in a band. So that kind of fell by the wayside, you know, kind of put on the back burner there. But、uh, more recently, I've been picking it back up.、Uh, during my time at State, Ralph Miyashiro, the, the tech out there,、um, I, I, I knew he was there. So I reached out to him.、Um, and it's been awesome. It's been great diving into that world. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting world to get into. It's not like you can go to, well, at least around here, you can't go to school for it. You kind of have to. You sort of have to do like apprentice? Yeah, so apprenticeship,、um, for what I understand, is, is the, the most common way.、Uh, there's one trade school, 
in in the U.S. North Bennett Street School mm. in Boston. Um, there's a, lot, a couple other correspondence courses too, but I think that's the only one that wow. I'm aware of that, that you know that you can still learn wow. piano technology there. So, uh, among other things too, like you know, uh, jewelry making, bookbinding, all those kind of uh, crafts type stuff. So. Wow, all these sort of old world crafts that are yeah sadly quickly lots of times falling by the wayside but the world still needs piano tuners believe me yes i hope it never goes away because i don't know when you think about a recording and you're like oh we need some piano here nobody really goes for like keyboard they always like we need a real piano yeah and you need people who can not only just tune it but also get the tones right do the voicing right like yeah it needs to play good it needs to feel good it needs to sound good and it needs to be in tune so yeah the world needs more piano techs because there's a lot of dogs out there and they're all barking do you keep a piano wrench in your car in case you're on a gig with a bad piano you know i've i've done it a couple of times it's like oh that one's a little out let me just pull it in you know nice. pulling the unisons it's yeah it can save the gig, that's for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I've <laughs> seen guys do the uh, the emergency uh, when a note's out of tune. Or, uh, they'll take uh, like a little bit of napkin, wad it up into a tiny little bit, and stuff it between two of the like the offending strings. And that way, now the strings only one note. You lose a lot of the overtones, but it's no longer that offensive, and it's a lot quieter. But it's no longer horribly offensively out of tune. I've I've come to pianos and like I've seen that and I've done it myself too. It's handy. Yeah, it's a great way, especially because yeah, sometimes it just sticks out. You know, if it's middle C or something. Oh know? boy, yeah. Woof, woof. Well, cool. Let's hear uh, let's hear one more track before we uh, before we take it on out of here. Uh, this is another track from your recital. It is also aviation themed. I've noticed. Yes, I know. I have a some kind of affinity for airports. It's called a, <laughs> it's called cargo plane. And this track also features uh, Mac Layton on bass and Matthew Smith on drums and Chaz Cabrera on tenor, right? Yeah, and Ma uh, Mac, I just told him, I kind of want a bass intro. Uh, I'm not really sure what I want, but just take it. He, he, he's pretty trustworthy in that regard. You kind of hand him stuff and he'll do it. Yeah, he took it, man. It was like, he like went for two minutes and I was like, he could have kept going. It's awesome. Thank you so much for coming down on the show today. And for our listeners, if you want to get in touch with Jarell, you can check jarellpiano.com, J-A-R-E-L, piano. And once again, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, San Diego Sessions Podcast. Again, thank you for being here. Really appreciate you coming by uh, to my very small apartment uh, to talk a little bit today. That was fun. Yes. Thank you guys so much for having me.
listening to the San Diego Sessions podcast brought to you by Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. Please subscribe now on iTunes or listen online at DirtyBoulevardRecording.com. Theme music composed by Ed Kornhauser, performed by Ed with Grant Fisher guitar, Harley Magzino bass, Ian Tordella saxophone, and Charles Weller on drums. If you'd like to be a guest on San Diego Sessions, please contact us. All musical selections are used by permission of the artists. San Diego Sessions is engineered and produced by Ian Tordella at Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. Thank you.